Alright, welcome back boys and girls. This is episode 4 of the Whatever We Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Arkham Knight, the video game, at least the trailer of said video game. We're also going to talk a lot about some goings-on in the DC Universe. We've got lots of pictures of Suicide Squad, um, possible, possible controversy with the Joker promotional pick. Is it him? Is it not him? Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, lots of Deadshot solo pictures as well from Suicide Squad. Uh, we're also going to cover a lot of stuff from the Marvel side of things. Robert Downey Jr. walking out of his interview, uh, doing a doing a, a press tour. Uh, we have uh, lots of X-Men talk, some Jean Grey and Jubilee uh, sightings, uh, some different uh, different casting talk about X-Men Apocalypse, and we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, The Flash and Arrow this week, uh, from, it'll be last week by the time you listen to this, and, oh, and how can I forget the upcoming TNT, not Teen Titans movie, we'll tell you about that too, or not movie, TV series. Close enough for this and more. Check us out. You can tweet back to us at Whatever Show or like us on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash Whatever Show. Um, email us questions at whatevery.co. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Give us questions, answers, whatever you want. Uh, hit us at one of those places. We'll find you. All right. So um, I'm going to let Eddie take over for the uh, Arkham Knight trailer because I actually, oops, didn't watch it yet. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I think between the two of us, I'm definitely the hardcore Arkham uh, Batman game fan. Like, have you played any of the Arkham games? Uh, yeah, I actually do have. I have Arkham Asylum and I have Arkham City and Arkham Origins. Uh, yeah, I've not. Okay, cool. I haven't actually. Uh, I finished Arkham Asylum, have not finished Arkham City, and have barely touched Origins. So you probably are a lot more. Um, dumb. Yeah, I've. Uh, <laughs> I finished Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Um, I'm midway through Arkham Origins. It's not... First off, I have a lot less time now than I did then, but it it doesn't seem to be quite as engaging as the other two, and I think that's partly probably because it's not a rock-steady production. Um, but Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight is the next um, sort of real um, Arkham Batman game, and that's, of course, rock-steady produced, and it's coming out in, I think, June? Anyway, Arkham Knight trailer... Features the whole Bat family. Uh, you got you got some Robin action in there. You got Nightwing, and they look totally badass. You know, no no Schumacher, uh, um, uh, Robin, uh, laundry, you know, Taekwondo. <laughs> so there's that, I guess. Um, <laughs> you had to call him out on the laundry scene, huh? Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> Did anybody watch that and was like, "Oh, yeah, this is this is the way we should make a Batman movie." Anyway, um, game looks awesome. Like, I, I I am I am super stoked for this. This is going to be an instant day one purchase for me. Like, uh, uh, and I I don't purchase just about anything on day one. But a I love Batman so freaking much, and b um, so far the other Arkham uh, Batman games have been amazing. So this one it looks like is going to feature more interactivity with the uh, Bat family, and we have some more open world elements. Like I think in this one we get the Bat uh, um, the Batmobile, which is going to be exciting. 
uh, um, and a hidden protag or a hidden antagonist here with the um, Arkham Knight. So I'm looking super forward to this game. Right on. Um, I think we, we we saw the Batman in or the Batmobile in uh, in Arkham Asylum, but it was getting the royal shit beat out of it by a bunch of thugs, and we didn't really go back to it after that. So that that's kind of cool. Do do we know um, about Robin? Obviously, if there's Nightwing in the game, the Robin that we have isn't uh, isn't going to be Dick Grayson. But do we know if it's uh, Jason Todd, Tim Drake? Uh, is it Damien? God, you know, I th- think I think it's uh, Tim Drake, but I'm not sure. Honestly, I, I probably should have paid attention to that, but I didn't. Um, I was just like, oh, awesome. You know, Nightwing, Robin, woohoo. You know, I'm, like, I'm going to put myself out here and I'm going to say that Tim Drake uh, is my favorite Robin. Um, one of the reasons why I think he's badass is because he's the Robin that I, as a comic book fan, had in my, in my prime comic book reading years as a teenager. Um, so there's that. Also, though, I really appreciated the fact that... Um, Unlike Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, when he left the role of Robin, uh, still kept the name as kind of a, an homage. He wasn't ashamed at all of where he came from, so he he just went from being Robin to Red Robin. Um, whereas you know Dick Grayson went from being Robin to Nightwing, so that he could try and and escape the shadow of the bat, so to speak. Uh, and then Jason Todd, of course, you know he took the coward's way out and got killed, sort of. You know. <laughs> now, now that I think about it, I'm I'm pretty sure it's not Tim Drake, um, because I think I remember somebody feeling slighted about that fact because Tim Drake has actually been Robin the longest I think now at this point, like most issues as Robin. I could be wrong. Um, it just it seems like I read something that uh, to that effect, or maybe it was they were excited because it was Tim Drake. Anyway, I don't know, but um, I I do remember it being interesting that I, that uh, Tim Drake is is the longest running Robin. Which is probably not when you think of Robin. That wouldn't have been the first one that came to my mind. I, I would have said Dick Grayson, and then I would have said Jason Todd, and then I would have said Damien. Um, I mean, Tim Drake probably would have gotten the shaft, which was uh, kind of the feeling in in whatever I was reading. So, yeah, I don't remember what year he took over the role as Robin, but I do remember he was Robin through most of the the heavy duty uh, '90s storylines, the the whole Nightfall series. He was Robin for that. And continued uh, in that role for for a long time. Plus, I don't know if when they say most issues, if they're talking overall, because there was the there was the Batman comic book, Detective Comics, uh, there was the Robin standalone series. So, uh, counting all of those, maybe he does have the most issues. But I don't know. Dick Grayson was Robin for a really, really long time in terms of of years published. But I don't have the data, so. <laughs> Wikipedia says Tim Drake was Robin from 89 to 2009. So that's a good solid 20 years. That's not bad. Gotcha. Anywho, um, yeah. Dying to play the new um, Arkham Arkham Knight. Yeah, so I'm going to check that out. Um, I assume it'll be one one of the uh, ones available on Steam when it comes out so I don't actually have to leave my parents' basement and venture out into the world to buy it 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 would be a tragedy if you did <laughs> okay i don't really live in my parents basement i no. have a basement and i'm married and have kids and there'd be a lot of us to put in a single basement so but now you don't have to like you know come on honey just watch the kids for a little while it'll be fine you just have to go out and buy the thing <laughs> 
So, all right, Arkham Knight, check it out because we're going to next topic. What do we got? Uh, so TNT, uh, the TV network TNT is doing a Teen Titans remake, but it's not quite going to be the Teen Titans. They've just announced that they've renamed it Blackbirds. Do you have any familiarity with Teen Titans? Um, yeah, although looking at the cast photo, I only recognize a few of these. Looks like we got right. Donna Troy Same. over here, uh, Cyborg, Nightwing in a really, really old costume. I guess we got Brainiac. Yeah, I recognize quite a few of them. I don't know about this dude on the far left. Yeah. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes so you can see the picture we're looking at. Um, but any, anyway, interesting to me that A, we're going to get a Teen Titans show, and uh, B, they're not going to call it Teen Titans because... Although I, I would recognize Teen Titans, Blackbirds, for me, uh, I have no idea. I'm curious about the direction they're going to go with this, because it looks to me like this is a show that is ready-made for the CW. Right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> doesn't, doesn't it feel like uh, we can't get Batman, so here's Nightwing sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um yeah, the the link we're, we're talking about says uh, the official premise for the show was the following. Dick Grayson emerges from the shadow of Batman to become Nightwing, the leader of a team of vigilantes including Raven and Starfire, along with others. So um, the official lineup, which we don't really know for sure, but is highly speculated to be Nightwing, Barbara Gordon, Hawk, Dove, Starfire, and Raven. Um, sounds pretty cool, but... Again, not when I think Teen Titans, I'm probably thinking of the animated universe, and then you know there seems to be missing a whole bunch. So, yeah, should be interesting. Um, I wonder if we get wheelchair bound Barbara Gordon. See, that's what I'm wondering too. Oracle as yeah, Barbara Gordon, as opposed to Batgirl. Yeah. Did you hear the whole controversy over them uh, retconning Oracle essentially with a new Fifty Two? So they could do Batgirl with Barbara Gordon. Um, I've read several issues of Batgirl with uh, with Barbara Gordon from the New Fifty Two, um, which was fantastic. Actually, the 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 ten or fifteen issues of it that I read, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, was one of the ones that I kind of I, I read a lot of comic books, and so sometimes I run out of room in my monthly reading yeah. list. So that one kind of had to go. But um, I might I may go back and, and check them out later. Uh, yeah, the New 52 kind of did a lot of that kind of stuff, which um, I guess we might as well move into the Conversions Part 2 piece of this since we're talking about that. Um, All right. I'll, I'll let you take the lead here because I know nothing. So essentially there's this dude named, named Telos. And Telos, 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 I'm going to go with Telos. He is um, a brainiac um, because, of course, in DC there isn't ever just one of any character. Um, so he is a brainiac. And he apparently is in charge of this giant world that has all of these different cities, um, which are all taken from specific times in the DC universe. So you have uh, pre-crisis Metropolis in Gotham, you have pre-zero hour Metropolis in Gotham, you have pre-Flashpoint Metropolis in Gotham, and post-Flashpoint, aka New 52. Um, Basically, they're all in domes on this giant world. They have no idea where they're at, and the dome is essentially a um i don't know if it's as much meant to keep the populace in inside the city limits to keep them from wandering the earth 
um, or if it's specifically there because it actually inhibits the powers of any of the superpowered heroes and such. Um, at any rate, I've read several issues of the um, do I guess several duologies. There's um, you know convergence stories for almost every hero, um, multiples of sometimes and. It uh, it's kind of cool because what it uh, what it is is it it kind of tells you a little bit about how the, the the year under the dome has been for all these different cities, and basically toward the end of every issue um, of the number ones anyway, you this giant voice comes booming from the sky that it, it's Telos and he's telling these people that uh, he's removing the domes, but now the only way to guarantee survival for your city is if your champion defeats champions from the other cities, and you know to ensure the survival so it really looks to me like dc is is using this event as a way to clean up a lot of different things so that we can finally put some of the old timelines to rest and and maybe continue forward with some of them that we ditched prematurely in the past so well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out there's an actual convergence title um that i've only read the zero issue of but i do have the first three or the next three issues of it as well so by the time we do this next i will have read those all right so question so the champions of each city <clears throat> um presumably those are going to be the big dc characters you know superman batman etc there's there's a lot of different things and it, it going on and it isn't just one battle with the champions it is several battles with champions so there may be as many as four earths um oh i forgot to mention um that because of some of the rights um with some writing that happened with some of the independent publishers like um image and stuff like that uh wildcats is in play uh for this which was a i believe it was a jim lee drawn book done by image comics in the 90s and um a couple other of of the i think there was a malibu series which might have been a a um dc variant and feel free to correct me if i'm wrong on that because i'm just going off memory from when i was a teenager so who knows next question like are are we uh so we've got the champions from the different cities and the different versions of the different cities so is it possible we're going to see uh, um say like uh flash post new 52 flashpoint paradox versus flash you know from um pre new 52 or uh cross-pollinization between um sort of universes as in we might see batman from uh, post new or from new 52 versus uh, uh flash pre new 52 or something like that um so far it kind of seems like they're they're pitting the bigger champions against some of the lesser known villains from some of these other cities um and please don't don't read too much into my description of of the whole overall convergence thing because it isn't just gotham and metropolis there are other cities involved um but some of them are from parallel worlds that i i don't i'm unfamiliar with completely so um the good news is is that i have so little information on that to give you that you'll have to go out and read it for yourself <laughs> perfect <laughs> so so how how are you liking the book so far? Um, actually, I'm reading a lot of different titles that I didn't think I would at first, um, just because I have access to them. So I I've been reading them, but I haven't been dissatisfied with any of them. Which kind of goes to show you that sometimes you can look at a comic book from the outside and and think, eh, 
whatever i can take it or leave it but then that story can be more compelling than what's going on in some of the big name books like batman or superman or whatever um so yeah go go out and at least if you're going to check out conversion start with a title that you're familiar with um if you're a green lantern fan there's a green lantern court title and a and a um green lantern slash parallax title and that one actually just finished and it's it's really pretty good so um check out your favorite one to start with and then it may actually lead you to check out some of the 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 lesser known titles so good stuff so sticking with dc we've also got some um suicide squad news this week so uh first thing is we talked a lot in episode three about uh the joker the promo pick of um um jared leto as the joker you know covered in tattoos and looking like a Marilyn manson replacement uh this week we've got a quote saying uh that's probably not what he's gonna look like in the film so what do we think about that um i don't know i've I've actually heard mixed reports now since this article has been published saying that this article um is not accurate and that that is what he's gonna look like so see i was really hopeful um by the way what we're referring to here is a tweet by gabriel gray saying um Quote, here's something that might be of interest to you comic book fans. The promo picture of Leto and Suicide Squad isn't what he'll look like. Dot, dot, dot. So, uh, I actually hope that's correct. Uh, I hated the picture uh, of Leto that we've seen so far with the uh, tattoos and all of that stuff and the horrible teeth. Um, Certainly that's a different take on the Joker, but not one I think offhand that I want to see. So... Anyway, you, you so reports that that's not the case, or um, I I haven't had anything substantiated about that not being the case. Um, just you know how the internet works. Just you know various people arguing back and forth about how this is not accurate. Um, I guess the ultimately is we're not going to know until either some trailers come out or we're sitting you know with an audience watching it ourselves. Uh, whether or not I go see it with an audience is still up for debate but you know i'm always i i can be swayed by trailers and and possible good stories so we'll we'll see where it goes um honestly the joker aspect of it is actually kind of the least interesting aspect to to about the suicide suicide squad movie to me now so um given given some of the material that we have coming up next so We've got a bunch of leaked set photos or, um, I don't know, quote-unquote leaked set photos. So the first is uh, Will Smith is Deadshot, however, not in Deadshot garb. He looks, in fact, to be a 1970s pimp straight out of like a exploitation movie uh, um, in the first photo where we see him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so th- this one, I, I kind of looked at this and cringed a little bit because... It doesn't seem relevant to Deadshot at all to me, or even you know like this decade. Um, but it, it maybe this is a um, sort of alternate timeline universe we're looking at because there's a lot of pictures uh, or the people in this picture don't necessarily look like they're from this particular timeline. Uh, but we also got some more Deadshot photos, and those ones, I don't know. What do you a think? More first? promising. Um, we got the the dead shot in full costume with the mask. I think that's probably a good one to to talk about first. Uh, we've got the mask with the the multicolored monocle. 
Um, which, you know, obviously that's, you know, to improve aim and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Deadshot without the monocle would not be Deadshot. Correct, correct. Um, the rifle, the rifle actually looks pretty badass. Um, I really like the rifle. Did you catch the um, uh, um, inscribing on the side of the rifle? I did, I did. I can't quite read it, um, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure if it's think it says something along the lines of i am the light i am the way well, which his, you can see sort of like along his neck uh, yes um, he, he's got that written too or something similar to that uh, yeah um, if i'm getting the quote wrong or the inscription wrong i'm sure someone will tell us if they care to correct us on that so at whatever show tell us why we're stupid <laughs> yeah tell us when we fuck up damn it um, so yeah, the the body armor looks good. Uh, can't quite do the, I don't know, uh, almost colossus looking armor that he has in the comic book uh, variation on film as well. So I, I think this is probably a good safe way to go with Kevlar and then the the plate armor over top of it. Yeah, no, I actually I really like the armor we're looking at here. This to me looks uh, um, pretty cool. So <laughs> okay, I think we talked about this before. Um, or, or I maybe mentioned that uh, a lot of the casting rumors we're hearing about and things like that are of uh, actors that don't look like their comic counterparts simply from a size perspective. And I think probably that was a little naive of me because, of course, they don't look like that because in the comic book, size is, is you know, magnanimous by default. Um, everybody is gigantic, um, which you can't do in real life because, as it turns out, not everybody is the actor that plays the mountain in Game of Thrones. So, And, you know... If you want to really see something that illustrates the, I'm going to say, overly ambitious outlook on size when it comes to comic books, do yourselves a favor and Google Rob Liefeld, Captain America, oh God. and look at the chest on that motherfucker, because that... <laughs> I Google, mean, Rob, Google Rob Liefeld, just in general, and you're going to see a lot of just absolute silly ass, uh, cartoonish, to be polite... Uh, I'm drawing. I'm I'm glad. I, well, I mean, I don't know for sure he never drew Thor, but I can imagine the amount of cracks that Mjolnir would have had, and the amount of time it would have taken him to to draw that. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, Rob. I, you do a lot of good work, but man, that Captain America picture really fucks me up every time I look at it. So, oh, um, also Google Google Rob Liefeld feet, as in you know the things attached to the end of your legs. That's a funny story too, because he doesn't draw feet. Like, uh, there's always something in whatever he's drawn that that uh, covers the feet. Uh, interesting side note: I I went to high school uh, with a dude that was really, really talented as far as art is concerned, and and he and another buddy of mine were actually working on a comic book. And I made an offhanded remark about how why uh, a lot of his art did not have the hands in in the picture and it and it turns out that this this dude really really did not like drawing hands and didn't feel he was really good at it although i never in the in the ones that did have hands i never really had a problem with how they looked or anything like that i would never have known but he was he was absolutely mortified about drawing hands so there you go rob liefeld is not alone <laughs> Uh, anyway, back on topic, as far as uh, Deadshot is concerned, if you want to know what I was talking about with the Colossus-style Under Armour, we've got a side-by-side -side here that we'll post on the notes. Uh, 
um, of presumably Will Smith in the uh, Deadpool outfit along next to a, a comic book rendering of, of Deadshot. Did I say Deadpool? Deadshot. Yeah, whatever. Deadpool is going to be an entirely different show and probably most of a show and we have a little bit more information on that. So, Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it, it, it does look pretty faithful to the, the uh, particular incarnation of Deadshot that we're looking at in the comic book. So interesting. Yeah. Way they've gone. Yeah. And then... Okay, so more Suicide Squad. Yeah, more Suicide Squad. I, I think we should... Uh, let's talk about the uh, Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn still, uh, or production still. I shot and maybe he's not even supposed to be a still i don't know but um very convincing harley quinn actually isn't it it's different enough from harley quinn uh, um from you know batman the animated series but it's still so obviously harley quinn like absolutely love it like it's just great yeah yeah i i this is this is one of the aspects of the suicide squad that does not have me worried um in fact if we kind of, I don't want to gloss over uh, Margot, but it's just one one still shot. It's kind of a little hard to, to get too in-depth on it. What I will say about it is this. They kept the color scheme, obviously, um, and they did they did pretty well. Uh, there's a couple tattoos on her legs. Uh, it seems like these people like tattoos if the Leto. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Promo shot has anything to say about it. Um, but the little, there's little Harley Quinn uh, triangle dots on her legs, which are... Uh, which are in the she's got tattooed uh which is pretty cool um just carrying around a baseball bat i kind of wish that was a mallet but you know who knows that's this is one still we may see more it, it would be super great if we started with the baseball bat and moved up to the mallet yeah yeah so um you know and i mentioned earlier about how the joker aspect was the least promising uh outlook as far as suicide squad is concerned and that is evidenced by the next shot that we have of most of the cast i'm not gonna say all of them because i'm sure there's gonna be some more in there there's a lot of characters in this in this photo they got they got deadshot they got croc they got harley uh they got katana and then they got a shit ton of people that you're probably gonna have to identify because i actually have not yeah i'm, I'm lost on, on oh we got captain boomerang too i'm sorry second yeah. in from the left i got i got boomerang i got katana i got deadshot i got harley I got croc but uh, the guy on the far right, no clue. Guy on the far left, no clue. Yeah, that guy's name is Slipknot. Um, he looks nothing like Corey Taylor to me. So, no, we'll have to. I'm, I'm really confused. Maybe, maybe he'll hit like eight piece or uh, um, three different drum kits at the same time, and it's suddenly clear. Maybe. <laughs> and I don't know who, whoever this, uh, um, the chick three in right above Katana is that looks like. Uh, um, the, the chick from the ring no clue <laughs> or the grudge yeah <laughs> well it does say enchantress but uh that's not a character that i'm overly familiar with from from dc um i i'm gonna oh go ahead enchantress and say okay i do know enchantress but i don't recognize her as that i mostly know enchantress from um the dc animated universe uh, um which of course looks nothing like this so that should be interesting and then we we've got um, next to it, or immediately to Harley's left, we've got uh, Rick Flag, which is a character I'm not familiar with. Uh, and then on the far right is El Diablo, which is another character that I'm not familiar with. So, yeah. Anyway, 
they look good. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they mesh on screen. Or um, what the story is, honestly. Yeah. What the story is could be interesting. Yeah, not pictured here is Amanda Waller. That Yeah, that's interesting to me. Um, but the way they go with the story, I mean, they could do a million things with the Suicide Squad story and have it turn out you know, totally great or totally terrible. Um, because the Suicide Squad, I think nobody knows enough about them that they they couldn't go just about any direction they wanted so i I, th- I think you almost have to blow one of them set off fairly quickly in the movie just to right. prove that she can blow you up remotely if you don't listen to her right she being amanda waller so that'll be interesting um i, I do want to see where the story goes so i'm going to pay attention to it uh i'm still not totally rubbed about this movie but i'm going to pay attention to see where it goes because ultimately you know i'm, I'm probably going to see it at some point you know what's interesting to me here is we do not have the joker in this picture picture which leads me to believe he's not going to be as big of a character in the movie i'm going to say he's probably going to be an antagonist in the movie as opposed to part of the squad yeah that i could definitely see that i mean the joker i don't know I don't think the Joker's ever been really a big part of the Suicide Squad. Correct me, somebody, anybody. I don't. No? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I can't. I can't speak with one hundred percent certainty. But it always kind of seemed to me like the Suicide Squad was a good way to put Harley Quinn in there and get right. her exposure while the Joker was busy being defeated and for months and months at a time between reappearances. Um, yep. So it almost kind of seems like the Joker would be a good. I don't. Maybe not. Maybe not an antagonist, but. Uh, a distraction for Harley um, in terms of of distracting her from the Suicide Squad's overall mission in the movie. So, Another interesting aspect is of the people we see in this picture, it'll be interesting to see how they actually uh, uh, manage to balance screen time here because A, I think Deadshot and Harley Quinn are by far, by far, like vast vastly more popular than any of the other characters um but just from an actor basis like will smith is probably the only one that i would say 90 percent of people have heard of prior to walking into this movie so i'm interested to see how they're going to balance screen time and how they're going to tell the story around that yeah yeah obviously we want will smith uh to represent deadshot well but we don't necessarily want this movie to be a will smith vehicle Right, it's it's not a Will Smith movie, or it shouldn't be a Will Smith movie. It should be, you know, the Suicide Squad movie. Which, you know, th- again, this this cast photo, you know, being a very very small piece of the puzzle, sort of, you know, leads to that a little bit. Leads me to think that they're doing the right thing here. Yeah, and I'm just gonna throw this out there to Warner Brothers. If um, if I sit down, and five minutes into this movie, Will Smith says, "I'll make this monocle look good." I'm getting a refund and might, I'm leaving. Might so. have to go. Yeah. <laughs> might have to go check out something else. Yeah. So if you want to keep my money in your pocket, don't do that. Um, so I think that's all the DC related news that we have. Yep. Although before we leave DC, we should talk about this week's episodes of the flash and arrow. Definitely. Um, really really good episode of the flash um and my wife who's not here yet she wanted me to specifically call out on the show how good overall the flash is as a show she was a huge fan of smallville 
but she feels like the flash in season one is kind of picking up where season 10 of smallville left off in terms of just overall involvement and story growth and things like that so uh, definitely gonna gonna give kudos to the cw and warner brothers for for that show but this this week's episode in particular the cat's out of the bag man no kidding um so spoilers if you're not caught up on the flash uh go do something else until we get done talking about this and then come (laughs) check back um but yeah uh the whole gang definitely knows that uh um, dr wells is eobard thon aka the reverse flash and uh of course dr wells is a step ahead and knows all of that too um that's the big reveal of this episode it looks like we're setting up a, um, a vibe a little bit here. Cisco looks like he's headed that direction. Uh, we'll see. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think Barry gets a glimpse. Maybe that was the the last part of the last episode before this one, um, where the tagline is Iris West hyphen Allen. That was that was this episode. Yeah. Um, so we get a little bit of glimpse that Barry knows something's up there, and I think that maybe changes his interaction a little bit. Um, for sure. What I what I really dug about this episode is Iris was a character that from the beginning, or at the beginning of the series, um, I liked her. She she played kind of an important role as far as being a sibling type character to Barry only. You know, Barry obviously had his other feelings and stuff, but he didn't know that that Iris kind of felt the same. And this episode actually kind of gave Iris a chance to shine character-wise because she wasn't she wasn't necessarily just a showpiece. And and I I I appreciated that aspect of of this episode, and I hope they kind of continue with that a little bit. Uh, seems like they're they're probably going to, especially if you look at the very end of the episode um with the spark and you know if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about um where she gets it i mean she there's no doubt at this point that she knows who the flash is even though he hasn't specifically revealed it to her so yeah good job iris if she doesn't know she she definitely is like right there and i i I suspect when the next few episodes we'll get that revealed too which is kind of a funny contrast to, you know, say, Detective Lance of Arrow, who is three se- seasons in, and I swear the Arrow could, you know, leave him a postcard with his name on it and his picture and a little, like, LOL, JK, you know, like, love the Arrow, and he still would be like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it's Oliver Queen. Yeah, I don't know. But then that Roy guy did all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of Arrow, though, um, this week's episode... Uh, what was your take on it, man? Okay, so this week with Arrow, I'm totally blanking what happened. All right, so that's my point. This episode was largely forgettable. Ah, okay. Um, with the exception of probably the final 20 minutes. Um, yeah. Thea fucking explodes, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm back. I'm back. I got it. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> I knew that would jar you. Yeah. Um, Thea Queen. I mean, overall, the episode, Oliver, part of the league... Uh, it is what it is. I kind of don't like that direction a little bit because I think I think they've done enough with Oliver throughout the the three seasons that we've had and, and all the flashbacks of Oliver playing the role that he doesn't necessarily want to be and 
brainwashing aspect doesn't really help um, as far as I'm concerned story-wise, but um, it really did get us to a point where Thea's not taking bullshit anymore. Um, Oliver is her brother. She loves him, but she's she's kind of had enough. Everybody's shutting her out because uh, they want to protect her, and she's not she's not to be protected anymore, I don't think. Right. Okay, so there's a lot of different things I want to talk about. So first off, do you really think that Oliver is completely... Like, I know what we're seeing on the screen. We're seeing a brainwashed Oliver, but do you think that's what's really happening? Or do you think that Oliver might be playing uh, playing dumb a little bit and actually has a plan for this? I'm, what, I'm hoping that he has a plan. Um, obviously, we don't want necessarily to believe that our hero can be just all of a sudden, boom, you're... Also, yeah, like whatever ten, his name is. All of about five minutes of screen time, and all of a sudden, our um, hero is you know pro- uh, antagonist. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping that that's kind of the direction they're going. It's again this episode. I, I had a hard time really staying into it for the first probably half the episode. It was it wasn't until they really when the shit hit the fan, and then I was like, boom. This is this is what we wanted to see because there's people fighting, um, there's Thea emerging as quite possibly what we could see as Speedy. Ah, that's where I was going next. Um, really, I'm kind of hoping they avoid the name, but they've already referred to her as Speedy before in the show. So, see, I, I'd be kind of surprised if that was her, um, you know, sort of public moniker. But I think they're really hinting at uh, Thea as being the Arrow sidekick, especially with Roy leaving the show. And I know that was contractual and blah, blah, blah. But I think with Roy leaving the show, they're really setting up Thea to be the sidekick or one of the sidekicks on Arrow. Um, Which is cool because, you know, they they hinted at that, I think, from almost episode one with uh, uh, um, Ollie calling her Speedy, you know. Right. Right. So... I mean, my kids actually asked me today what what I thought of Arrow, if I had to rate it on a 1 to 10. Um, And I had to think about it. The show overall, um, I'd say right now it's probably at a 7. You know what I mean? And and that's not to take too much away from it, because I love the acting in it for the most part. Um, Although Laurel can be nails on a chalkboard sometimes. But I think the show has a definite huge potential to be a nine nine and a half maybe a ten i, I don't know about ten because you got to be pretty good i mean it, it's going to have to last like 10 seasons and really go a lot of places in order for it to get there but so this episode though i think is setting us up for what's going to be a pretty good episode this week um in terms of the rest of the merry band of misfits is going to have to deal with the uh, and knowing that she's a total badass now so that's that's the dynamic i really want to see explored in this episode and and also to to further maybe maybe see a hint that oliver isn't a douche i'm looking pretty forward to that although i would not begrudge them and i actually might be a little bit happy if they played this out another episode where um and i don't think it has to be the same thing but i i wouldn't be totally remiss if they they uh let it go another episode before they really hinted at the fact that oliver has an idea of what's going on um, outside of, you know, just being brainwashed and dumb. Uh, but I, I don't know that they're, uh, that's the route they're going. I, I mean, I just, I think that would be a cool way for them to go. So, 
but yeah, I, I actually am pretty close with you. I, I think uh, Arrow is definitely a solid seven. It's definitely of my um, shows that I watch each week. It's definitely probably one of the ones that I, I have to watch. Um, right now, I think my favorite thing uh, would probably be Daredevil. And, and followed closely by The Flash and then Arrow comes somewhere after that um, for a lot of different reasons um, some of it I think is it has to do more with the writing like Arrow definitely suffers a little bit too much from the whole uh, um, I'm sure there's a trope name for this but what I think of is the whole Ross and Rachel like will they won't they for you know 10 seasons versus um era, er, the flash where you know like we get you know an episode and a half and all of a sudden the cat's out of the bag um you know like which they're they're doing very well you know this season like we already know reverse flash is is dr wells and they easily could have you know i could easily see on arrow that stretching out uh, um another you know 10 episodes but on the flash they just kind of get it right out of the way um, right. um so yeah it, it, very good i still watch it every week for sure it's it's still the for you know one of the top three shows that i watch every week but um not quite <laughs> yeah there's there's ashley saying okay i'm going i'm getting in the shower now so you owe all of our listeners a beer at this point yeah definitely <laughs> see i even silenced the show so when you see them like... when you see them out there in public <laughs> Buy him around. Yeah, I'm I'm super pissed because my stupid iPad has do not disturb on. The volume is all the way down, and I'm still getting dings. All right. Anyway, so we'll be so, back in we'll be back in a minute. Yeah. Welcome back. Hey. <laughs> all right. So, um, moving on from Arrow, we're gonna stick with Stephen Amell. And we're going to talk a little bit about Casey Jones and the Ninja Turtles 2. So I know a lot of you Which, probably hate Ninja just Turtles. Just pause for a second. Yeah. For those of you that aren't aware, uh, the reason we're talking about Ninja Turtles and Casey Jones is because our, our man Stephen Amell has been cast as Casey Jones, in case you missed that segue, which otherwise was beautiful. All right, so Stephen Amell, Stephen Amell is Casey Jones. Yes, that is that is why we're jumping into that. So Stephen Amell announced recently that he was cast, and um, now that they're done filming Arrow for the season, he is in New York. Uh, I think they just moved. They were in pre-production. I think they're probably moving into full production as we speak, based on the still that we're seeing, um, which we'll post. You'll see by the negative feedback underneath this post um, when we when we put the link up. A lot of people aren't too enthused about this this particular Casey Jones look. What what about you? Uh the Casey Jones look, I mean, like I don't even get how anybody gets upset about that. Like the Casey Jones look is A a hockey mask. B a baseball bat, hockey stick, or some other kind of wooden instrument. Whatever sporting uh, sports equipment playing he can he yeah, can get his hands on. That you can beat somebody with. Like so does does this cast photo have those things? Let's see. Hockey mask, check. Hockey stick, check. Okay, we're good. Like, I don't understand why anybody's getting upset about the casting photo. Um, like, we were talking about this earlier. The thing I didn't really like was the origi- the, the last Ninja Turtles movie. Like, the, the movie was what was the problem for me. It wasn't really so much the casting or any of the direction they took with anything like that. With maybe the exception of Megan Fox, who I think everybody, uh, um, you know, present company included, finds insufferable. So, yeah, and I don't know what it is. Uh, I 
I don't know if it's that she can't act at all. Yeah, I think it's mostly that. And I mean, I can't act, so it's not like I'm calling her out on the carpet and being like, hey, you suck and I'm better. I'm not, but I, yeah, I like honestly, watching movies, at least I can, movies that she's I, not in. So, I mean, yeah. there's got to be something. I, I can't act either, but honestly, if somebody was like, here's a truckload of money, would you be in this movie for me, please? I probably would. I'm just saying. like, But yeah, no, I, I, I she can't act. That's the, That's a thing, I think. Um, we've kind of seen that over the course of the last, you know, three or four movies she's been in. Um, hopefully, if we're proven wrong at some point, it doesn't seem like she's a person I wouldn't want to succeed for any reason, but just isn't really likable in any of the movies she's been in. And watching the original, uh, or the last uh, Ninja Turtles movie, not the original, the originals would be the good ones from like 91 or something like that. With with Corey Feldman as Donatello. Yeah, and... and uh, coming up with the sequel and vanilla ice for with a random cameo for you know no apparent reason the whole song too actually Wasn't he was he was he was big during during that the time that that movie came out so that, that kind of makes sense that they would squeeze him in there so megan if you're listening you're not but if you are i'm giving you this chance to to do right by this movie and if you don't uh, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stick with what most girls with your looks and acting abilities do, and that's just go to porn, because, <laughs> I mean, you're obviously built for it, and you've got the acting chops for it, so just try your luck. Anyway. I want to see her bring the emotional weight and gravitas to uh, uh, um, An April O'Neil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's a there's a tiny piece of irony in this segment in that the April O'Neil is the name of an actual porn star, which I've heard third party. Don't know, never. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna cut this up. <laughs> this whole segment's do gotta we, go. Do we have to? <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Megan, we love you. Don't sue us. Thanks. Some of my best um, material right there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Stephen Amell, Casey Jones, I'm not upset by it at all. I think it's actually going to be cool. Nah, I'm, I'm really, like, again, we were talking about this before, but I'm really excited for Stephen Amell to get into a, a sort of a big starring role. Um, Stephen Amell is, I would say, passing average as an actor. Like, uh, um the reason we watch Arrow, I don't think, has anything to do necessarily with all of the, um, you know, amazing actors and actresses on the show. Which, don't get me wrong, it's not to say they're bad, but it's not like exactly like we're watching like Meryl Streep and, and, and you know, Leonardo DiCaprio each week or something like that. Um, but I'm really excited to get, see him get into the big screen because uh, um, there's nothing that leads me to believe that Amel is not just a stand-up dude. So, uh, um, and typically the whole big screen comes with a bigger paycheck and you know more you know ease for him so yeah yeah for sure the the other thing to this that i'm i'm excited about so i'm I'm a ninja turtles mark like from day one and so even when there's a bad movie out i'm probably going to see it just because of the fact that same i saw the last one even though i knew from the trailer that i wasn't going to like it and as it turns out i didn't really like it but I'll probably go see this one too, just because it's a Ninja Turtles movie, and what can I do? Right. One thing that I am excited about with Ninja Turtles two, and this is something that I kind of was hoping that we would get to, is we are going to see Baxter Stockman. Now, the caveat to that is that Tyler Perry is Baxter Stockman. Okay. Um, but I mean, 
Baxter Stockman, Medea, whatever. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all I want him to do is build robots and be a, a foil for the Ninja Turtles, and so I think he can probably pull that off. Um, anyway, so that's 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 the TMNT two talk for today. Yeah. All right, so let's hit the Marvel universe. We got a whole bunch of different Marvel stuff going on. I'm gonna have to take a really quick break to grab another yep. beer, and then I'll be back. Of course. <laughs> Not quite done with this one, but I figured we better both go at the same time. See, I, I, I had a good third of a beer left, and then my wife drained it, and I picked it up to take a drink, like <laughs> while we were doing that last segment, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So, <laughs> a beer stealing ninja, yeah. All right, so we're talking about Marvel shit. Yeah, let's talk about Marvel shit. Um, should we start with the Tony Stark interview? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the Tony Stark interview. If if you guys haven't caught this yet, there's a Tony Stark interview floating around, uh, which is Robert, Downey, Robert Jr. Downey Jr. interview floating around the internet, where the producer or uh, the interviewer gets super inquisitive about uh robert downey jr's real life past in an uncomfortable manner and uh tony stark just kind of walks out uh so he kind of goes into the detail about that on in, in the article linked in the show notes check it out um i feel a, any thoughts yeah i i feel i feel like we might be doing him a disservice by referring to it as a tony stark interview just because one of the things that he does make very clear within that interview is that there is a differentiation between robert downey jr and tony stark <laughs> yeah you know you say that and, and <laughs> you're right and he's right and and, and i want to give this to him as like credit because i see the two almost interchangeably now and that's because robert downey jr is just the perfect actor to play tony stark no he really is he really is um and and i i kind of when he was talking about how they're how he's not the character and things like that i'm like you know you kind of are a little bit <laughs> but uh anyway yeah that interviewer got a little bit a little bit personal and here's the thing this wasn't like a uh you know talk show segment where you've got 10 minutes or you know maybe maybe he did have 10 minutes but that was it it wasn't it wasn't like a like a sit down well he makes the joke he makes the joke as he's walking out of the interview like this is getting a little too diane sawyer for me like this isn't a diane sawyer you know like barbara walters special special where you get to delve into the intricacies of what happened through robert downey jr's dark period this is like another fluff interview i i think this was like a seven to eight minute press junket type interview yeah this is like he's probably done 14 of these this day alone at least yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, and ultimately, I don't, I don't blame him uh, for what he did, and, and he he does go on in the interview uh, or in the in the article that we have linked here that they, where he talks about in the future he's probably not even going to let it get that far before he puts a stop to it. Um, yeah. Quote: The only I just wish I'd left sooner. Exactly. And honestly, he needs to. Um, he doesn't have to answer for this anymore. You know what I mean? Um, Whatever, whatever skeletons he had in the closet are, are long since out, and he's paid the the price in terms of, of having his credibility ripped out from underneath him. Uh, got this opportunity, took the ball and fucking ran with it, and he's been doing great for himself ever since then. So, yeah, no kidding. Like we we've got a legitimate you know redemption story here, 
and and I don't blame him at all for not wanting to talk about that. Like I imagine, especially after Iron Man came out, you know how many times he had to do this exact interview. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, there was there was speculation at that point that Marvel um, was holding his salary hostage. You know, there was there was clauses in his contract about having to pay back the money if he you know were arrested or anything like that again. So, I mean, he's done his time, man. Just let it go. So anyway. Uh, next on the Marvel docket, uh, let's do Black Widow. Yeah. Um, just uh, you had me a hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, according to uh, Renner and Evans, she is a slut, so yeah, that might be an opportunity. No. <laughs> In all seriousness, um, nobody quote this out of context. Please <laughs> provide full context. So. What, I, what we have linked here is an article um, actually on the Nerdist.com, which there's a couple of these probably from the Nerdist. Anyway, this one in particular um, talks specifically about how Black Widow has more screen time than um, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe than two-thirds of the rest of the actors that are in it. Um, but when it comes to merchandising and promotional material, she has like a fraction of of space or you know action figures, things like that. Um, we mentioned last week that neither one of us really felt as though uh, Chris Evans or Jeremy Renner were out of line when they made the, the she's a total slot comment when it was referring to Black Widow. I still feel that way, but this is a, a pretty telling sign of, of what can be considered sexist when it comes to how Marvel and Disney are, are marketing these films. She's She carries some of these films, literally, and has almost zero marketability as far as they're concerned yeah okay so i i just saw age of ultron last night um that would have been a uh, sunday night for listeners who probably won't get this until sometime early next week uh black widow is, and scarlett johansson are and my gut says probably the the predominant one of the predominant characters as far as screen time goes in the movie and she really does really well in the movie um so it does it does feel a little wrong that that uh we're probably going to see another 170 iron man or you know hulk toys or thor i think thor probably was one of the least represented characters in the movie and I'm thinking of one specific thing that I don't want to say because Matt hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> Sorry. So, anyway, we'll get back to that in a week or two. But, uh, so, yeah, you you would think, based on that, uh, um, you would see more popularity amongst her character as far as merchandising and things like that go. But not. So, I do think maybe there's a little bit of sexism. I, I guess part of it could be that... Uh, no, that's not even true. I was going to say part of it that is that she's not a powered superhero. Um, so you'd expect to see more Iron Man toys because there's a lot more, um, you know, action figure type of things you can do with Iron Man. Yeah, but I want to say there's even more Hawkeye toys, though, than there are Black Widow toys. And he's he's essentially got the same superpower that she does. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Being a badass, like, and and the the other thing about that too is that Hawkeye is so far, um, and maybe with a little bit of redemption in Age of Ultron, because Hawkeye is another big character in Age of Ultron. Um, Hawkeye previously has the least amount, by far, the least amount of screen time, least amount of importance in the MCU. So it would be really kind of uh, um, 
I don't want to say distressing, but it would be really silly, I think, to see that we've got a bunch more Hawkeye toys than we've got Black Widow toys. I'm just I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not a big fan of the way DC markets their movies, but I'm going to say this to Marvel right now. Batman doesn't have any superpowers either. And he puts oh, right. asses in seats more than any other superhero that I know. So take a cue and give the Black Widow a little bit of promotion. Um, you're a father too, and you've got a daughter as well. I've got a lot of daughters. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw this out there. My kids absolutely fucking love comic book movies, and so if you're not marketing to them, you're making a mistake because they're they're the new generation. This generation doesn't know what it's like to grow up and have your favorite comic books every month, but not see them represented anywhere on the silver screen or on TV or anything. These kids have everything that we wish we did, and. You, you gotta pay that back a little bit to to everyone not not just the six to eighteen year old males definitely I think we talked about this a little bit in episode one um in regards to Michelle Rodriguez uh talking about uh a green green lantern or being a green lantern and wanting more um you know, real new superheroes featuring Latino characters or uh, female characters. I think that discussion applies now too, because I think that would be a thing that, that we should see more of. You should you should see more uh, um, female characters in the superhero genre, because now more than ever, I think um, the superhero genre and comics in general are not just a man's game anymore. Like I do think if you go back to our teenage years, you know, mine and yours that wouldn't have been true um there would be far 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 more uh, um male readers and things like that but uh you know looking around the theater at age of ultron last night it didn't seem like it was a a a real gigantic split it seemed pretty evenly matched as far as you know male female yeah i think the i think the push-up bra to neckbeard ratio has probably evened out quite a bit over the years (laughs) yeah i mean I suppose there's the possibility that a bunch of guys force their girlfriends to go to the movie, but you know, like my wife went, and though she wasn't nearly as well versed in the comics and you know lore as I was, which is also the feedback that I've gotten predominantly about the show so far. My my normal friends, you know, posting on Facebook like, what what is the okay anyway. My my um, wife is more upset that we haven't seen it than I am at this point. You know if that if that says anything, and she knew very little about comic books when I first got together with her, but. She's she's kind of picked the things that she likes, and she knows more about those things now than I do. So right. it's it's not like a anyway. It's not as divisive a medium as it was before, and I think now, especially because of the age we live in, which is awesome. I mean, um, again, don't want to spoil the movie because you haven't seen it, but there's a lot of things that I walked out of the movie thinking, "Holy shit, we live in an era where we just saw blank happen on screen," and not only did we just see it happen on screen. But it's going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, movies of the year. Um, and all the news this year so far is, you know, Age of Ultron, Batman, and Star Wars. Like, you you are, um, you're like 13-year-old me's wet dream. You know, like, it couldn't be better. And, and that, I think, is only getting more inclusive, you know, to not just um, everybody, but genders especially, so... It would be nice. It would be nice to see more female representation in the um, 
superhero universe, especially when it's not just, you know, for colorful costumes, which is to say, you know, bikini uh, um, armor. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Possible title for this week's episode is Eddie's 13-year-old wet dream. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have no rebuttal. That's <laughs> um, So, ladies and gentlemen, we may actually have to do an emergency um, podcast episode later on this week after I've seen Ultron because it sounds like if I don't, he's going to have more wet dreams every night until we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a possibility. You, you guys don't have the webcams that we do. You might, if you did, you'd, you'd have to clean off the screen. It's bad. It's bad. Anyway, so uh, moving on from uh, the sexism <laughs> in merchandising <laughs> to uh, some more Marvel stuff. So we've got a couple different things coming out of the X-Men camp. Um, so I want to I want to talk about the casting a little bit first. Uh, one of the things that I um, and this this we'll we'll post this article that I have on here, but I don't know if it actually says everything that I want. Um, it looks like the dude that played Havoc in uh, X Men First Class, and he had a, a the, the tiny little spot in in uh, Days of Future Past is coming back to play Havoc in Apocalypse. And this is my problem with that. Not that he did a bad job. I think he actually did a fine job of it. But they plan on bringing Scott Summers, Cyclops, into this. And he's going to be really young. Scott Summers is the older brother, comic book-wise. So what I don't want to see happen is I don't want to see Fox go through the, the trouble of fixing this franchise like they did with First Class and Days of Future Past... And then immediately turn around and screw things up again. And I'm not saying that Scott has to be the older brother necessarily. I'm just saying that it's kind of... It's moves like that that caused the original X-Men franchise to end up where they were before First Class. What do you think? No, no, I totally agree. Like, um, I, I think pretty much everybody acknowledges at this point that uh, Days of Future's Past... Which was a good movie, don't get me wrong, but Days of Futures Past mostly exists to retcon the events in X-Men 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or mostly just to like erase the bad taste that left in your mouth uh, um, from X-Men 3. So as, as well as the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. I mean, that, that kind of had to oh, have been... Yeah, good, good point, good point. Aside, aside from Leaf Schreiber, I, we've said this before on the show too, he, he was a fantastic Sabretooth, and if there's a way to work him in again, please do it, but otherwise... Yeah, go, go for it, but yeah, otherwise just, we will all pretend, like I'll, I'll close my eyes and pretend and just sing La 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 while you mention, you know, the um, uh, uh, Origins Wolverine movie. Man, it's so, complete fucking butchery of Deadpool. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, I am cautiously optimistic because I really like Days of Futures Past and I like the direction they're going with um, um, First Class. And this seems to be all the same people doing this movie, so hopefully they're totally right and we're just going to get, you know, like... I think best case scenario is it's not really acknowledged that much. Uh, um it, it may come up, I think. Um, or maybe they introduce... You know, actually, there's no reason they couldn't introduce Cyclops as the older brother. Uh, just not by much. I 
I think the actor they got to play Cyclops is, is and and I we'll have to verify this at some point, but I think he's significantly younger than than the dude that was oh, really? Havoc. Yeah, I, I think that would be a hard a hard one to pull off. Um, but I mean, if if you look at what we've got in terms of of uh, Jean Grey and, and Jubilee, though, in the new one, uh, the new still that we have out. That looks promising. I'd really like to see this this particular Jubilee and Jean Grey on screen. I'm I'm super excited for that because it doesn't it totally look like um, the uh, series the the '90s cartoon series. Yeah, and I mean when you guys take a look at this, if you do on the on the show notes, we'll put the link up there. This movie is set in the '80s, so that's important to realize when you're looking at the wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. Um, it definitely is, but I actually love that about that. Like, because, uh, and maybe that's one of the smartest moves they've made is that we're getting the timeline, you know, up into the eighties, early nineties, because for a vast majority of people, I think that is their experience with X-Men and they're just looking for an excuse that's plausible to get, you know, uh, um, these characters in those costumes. So when did you start reading the X-Men? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how many X-Men books I've read. I think if I read it, any, it'd probably be on the Marvel Ultimate app. And I, I read a few of the recent titles, but my vast majority of X-Men experience has to do with, um, the, the, you know, 90s cartoon and things like that. So. Gotcha. So I'm interested in this movie specifically because of the title apocalypse the age of apocalypse is a is a giant comic book event that happened um just a few years after i started reading comic books i think i started probably right around the death of superman nightfall that kind of a thing uh, but then age of apocalypse happened um within pretty quick succession succession after those and it was a really good story and the thing that made it a pain in the ass to read was the fact that this was in the 90s, so I actually had to go to my comic book store every week and buy the issues. Whereas, you know, now I can I can go online and, and buy them and have them instantly. Right. So... Go, go a place like some kind of animal. Yeah, this is this is one of those things. But hand this, over physical currency. I'm like, what are we even thinking? Yeah, this, this particular event made me basically want to beg, borrow, and steal in terms of getting the cash necessary to to buy these books uh, because there was a few of them that I was reading. And if, if you're not familiar with the way that age of apocalypse was, was published, all of the X titles stopped when the age of apocalypse started and they were replaced by new books that ran for four issues before the original uh, series picked back up again. So, you know, there was, you know, uncanny X-Men and X-Men, which, ended up being Amazing X-Men and Astonishing X-Men um, or Generation X, which was a book that was almost brand new at that point in time that was replaced by uh, Generation Next in the Age of Apocalypse. And that was one of the series that I that I kept up on as well. But I, I want to see where they go with this movie to see if they actually use any of that material or if this is all new story or what have you. But I, I'm interested for sure. I'm I'm really excited, if nothing else, for the nostalgia factor. Like, uh, I just can't I cannot help but see you know the the '90s cartoon and these characters and, and you know some of the older books and the looks of the comic books themselves. Um, 
I, I still don't think we're going to get Wolverine in yellow tights. We'll see. But I don't think we're going to get Wolverine in yellow tights. Do you think we need to go there? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, think, I think there's probably a certain subset that would really like to see that, but I'm not sure how that would make sense, and, you know, unless it were an in-universe joke, but uh, I'm really excited to see the other, you know, incarnations of the characters, um, uh, rather than the, the, you know, previous X1, X2, X3 movie incarnations, so. Definitely. So, X-Men... Apocalypse. I think that that wraps up our Marvel material. Unless you've got other, no. So I think the last thing that we've got here it would be Jurassic World, the full trailer. It's been out actually a while now. I think we forgot about it when we when we did our last trailer centric episode. Um, yeah. This is not one of those movies that I don't know. Some people might argue that it's not a, a you know a nerdy type movie. Because it's going to appeal to a lot more than than just that, just like Jurassic Park did. But um, specifically, I wanted to talk about it because my my oldest daughter, she's she just turned eleven. She she watched it and said, "Dad, you need to podcast about this." So <laughs> I'm podcasting about it. Um, I actually am interested in seeing it. I probably will go see it. I really like the uh, the overall premise. I think it looks it looks kind of cool i mean i i don't specifically know what the story is it's just that there's obviously um a theme park that is open to the public now is what it seems like from the from the trailer um and i mean we get to see star lord not being star lord or that douchebag from <laughs> parks, parks and rec, rec. <laughs> so um i i think this will be really interesting like for a lot of different reasons first off this could really be the movie. I mean, we've got Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think that's probably the big thing that everybody's going to know him from outside of Parks and Rec. But here's Chris Pratt in something entirely different. This could really, I think, be... I don't want to say the launching board for his career because, like, you don't get to be in a gigantic, multi-billion dollar Guardians of the Galaxy and have that, you know, not be a big deal. But this could be the first movie where we see something outside of that. Uh, um, so that that, to me, is interesting. Um, two, yeah, I, I, I want to see this movie. Um, the other Jurassic Park movies outside of the original haven't been great. They've been good. They've been watchable. They, they've been fun to watch. I think they're, they're, you know, decent popcorn fodder, you know, sort of, you know, Saturday movie night type of thing. But I'm, I'm interested, actually, the, the thing for me is taking my kids to this because we watched Jurassic Park, the original uh reasonably recently with the kids and they loved it um and the other thing i is i loved it like i i could not believe how well the effects and things like that held up today even though the movie was made you know 20 years ago so i'm excited for it um even if it, if nothing else just because it holds the you know franchise name of the one that i really love so yeah my kids are are actually big marks for jurassic park as well they uh, they've actually seen Jurassic Park in the theater not once but twice because there was a theater down in, in Eugene that was doing flashback theater. And oh, that's awesome. So we went and saw the original in theaters then, and then when they re-released Jurassic Park in 3D, I took I took them for one of them's birthday. I think it was probably my oldest. And so we went and saw it in 3D as well. And, man, to me that's really cool because I got to see that when I was younger in the theater 
and then to be able to take them, I, I think that was really cool as well. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to it, if nothing else, just for the fact that I know this is one that I can take them to, and everybody's going to enjoy it. So, and like you were saying with Chris Pratt, I don't think this necessarily has to be. I, I think this is going to be good for his career, like you said, not necessarily a launching point, but it's going to be good because it's going to be a big budget movie that's not tied to the Marvel universe. Yeah. So he'll get he'll get a couple of those under his belt, and then he'll be. I want to say that if this movie does well, he'll be relatively well known outside of the MCU, and then when he goes to do Guardians two, then it'll be an even bigger deal because of that. Definitely. So, um, I think that's all the covered, or all the all the, the the talking points we we specifically wanted to cover this week. Um, however, I think we do need to talk a little bit about the Buffyverse this week. Have you gotten a chance to? Uh, I'm. I have. I think I, I hit one more episode on it, so I, I have no new thoughts yet. You bastard. Uh, yep. Just okay. expect me to procrastinate. I still haven't finished daredevil yeah go so. finish daredevil it's pretty amazing <laughs> i know and you've got a lower barrier like i've got just just watch the next like 1900 episodes or something like no with daredevil you've got like maybe six left right um i think i've watched five so i have seven left i think yeah um, yeah good show just i mean work this week has has sucked a big pair of donkey balls just because of the fact that you know i do it work for a living and our domain controller absolutely went tits up this week so um yeah being an adult really sucks yeah and we have a backup domain controller but the the original domain controller threw so many network errors that when it failed the backup had no idea that it failed so it didn't kick in like it was supposed to and it was just a big nightmare perfect yeah yeah, led to some overtime this week, though, which isn't bad, since, you know, none of you bastards have told anybody about our show yet. We don't have any sponsors. <laughs> give, give us money. No, seriously. Um. <laughs> so, um, anything else you think we need to cover what, uh, that we haven't yet? Uh, no, I think that about wraps it up. You think so, huh? Yeah. All right, everybody, see you next week. Uh, same bad time, same bad channel. Word. As we record this, it is May the 4th. Obviously, it's been unofficially dubbed National Star Wars Day. We would be remiss if we left that out. So, also, use the information that we're going to give you at the end of the show and tell us what you did to celebrate Star Wars Day. Um, I, myself, started watching episode four this morning at about 7 30 and watched all the way through jedi uh before i called it a day did i watch the prequels no i didn't am i sad i didn't absolutely not no you just keep watching the trailer for the next you know force awakens over and over and over again yeah what i am really sad about is the fact that we still have to wait for christmas right you know what i read today is that um uh jj abrams very very uh uh, heart considered very hard to um put the corpse the bones of jar jar binks in the um one of the desert scenes you know sort of a little easter egg as in you know three people might catch it but those three people would be the happiest people ever i yeah i would have 
I would have been happy. Yeah, that probably would have been the biggest point of applause in the movie for me. You know, honestly, I, I kind of here's here's the thing. I don't I don't think much of the prequels, and uh, you guys are welcome to blast me for it if you want. Maybe you have little kids that like Anakin and stupid Jar Jar, and that's fine. You can have stupid kids if you want. It's um, okay. They don't. They don't. <laughs> no, I know. They don't. Nobody does. Um, but I kind of felt like. The prequels almost apologized for Jar Jar in Episode Two when they they pretty well made him directly responsible for Senator Palpatine getting the executive powers that he needed to basically create the Empire. Um, yeah, they're like, oh, he's just regular annoying, like as in you don't want to talk to this you know creature thing. Now let's make him galactic level annoying. Like, no, not really. I don't. I. I. You know, Jar Jar. Does any Does anybody like Jar Jar? I don't. I don't think the answer is yes. Yeah, um, interesting bonus content. I was at a Weird Al concert several years ago, and it was at a smaller venue. And the nice thing about small venues is when the concert's over, you can go around back by where the buses are, and you can usually meet, you know, the Whoever you performers want, yeah. and stuff. And Weird Al came out, and he was signing autographs and shaking hands and all that good stuff. And there was this this couple out there that had this really small kid. It was probably, I'm going to say, he was probably seven years old. And Weird Al thought that it would be really cool for him to grab off of his bus this like life-size cardboard standee of Jar Jar Banks and give it to this kid. <laughs> and I thought that that was the worst gift a celebrity could ever give me. <laughs> it would be uh, uh, the least bit surprising if that kid was just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want this. And this was, this was shortly after episode one uh, yeah. debuted. So, I mean, it was it was a it was a hot topic at that point in time, and I was yeah. just like, man, that was a downer. Like right there, I was just like, all right, let's <laughs> let's pack up and go. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. So may the fourth be with you. Indeed.